Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I speak with the amazing Michelle Griffith-Robinson. Now Michelle is a mother of three, she's an Olympian, I know. She's a life coach, she's a mentor, and she's been a personal trainer for 21 years. Now, I actually haven't known Michelle for that long. We met in 2020. Obviously, that feels like it's five years ago now because of the year that 2020 has been. I sit here telling you this in August of 2020. But when I did meet her, I felt like she pulled the ground right from under my feet, as was the case for the rest of the Nike training team when we worked together with her on a workshop. It was literally 90 minutes actually and she basically turned all of our worlds upside down. (laughs) Such is her talent for us to get deep on the honesty and the feels. Um, So we talk about that and laugh about that and of course we talk about her Olympic career, what it was like to be a triple jumper, representing Great Britain, phenomenal and what she's taken with her um, from those learnings that determination as an athlete into her life now she continues to be a driven relentless phenomenal woman and i really think that you're going to enjoy this one so as ever if you do enjoy the show please please do leave me a review on itunes or wherever you're listening and see you on the other side michelle welcome 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 how are you i'm good my babe i'm really good you know what i've got a lot to be thankful for i'm great i'm really good thank you sweetheart Good. I love the way you call me my babe. It makes me feel so special. <laughs> oh, you are special. You're very special to me. Very special to me. Oh, bless you. And you to me. Um, so, Michelle, please introduce yourself to all of my lovely listeners. So my name is Michelle Griffith Robinson. I am a mother of three children. I'm an Olympian. I represented Great Britain for over 15 years in the women's triple jump. And I now reside in Devon and um, with my husband and three kids. I said three kids, didn't I? But yeah, that's me saying it again. My three beautiful kids who are 6, 13 and 16. And I'm a housemistress as well as everything else I do at boarding school in North Devon. Wow. So you're really not busy, it sounds like. I know. Don't. I know. I know. I am busy. Let's not pretend here. I'm really busy. But you know what? Loving every minute of the busyness. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So, Michelle, I want to start with, because we actually haven't known each other that long. We haven't even known each other a year, have we? It's a year in February, Joss, and I feel like I've known you for years, I've got to be honest, but it's only a year in February. Mind you, we we have lost six months of our life with COVID, haven't we? So let's be honest. (laughs) Exactly. But I will never forget the day I met you. And so I wanted to kick off our conversation with that. Because, yeah, I don't think me or anyone who was in that room will forget that day. So (laughs) I'll introduce it and then you can just talk me through the process. So for everyone listening, um, the first day that I met the lovely Michelle, um, it was at a Nike team day. So it's myself and all of the other UK Nike trainers and our bosses and so on. And we were all there. And we were doing a bit of a planning day. It was a bit of a get together. We had kind of lunch, you know, at the end of the day or by the afternoon. And Michelle was standing in the room looking lovely in a like cerise pink uh, yeah, suit. And a, <laughs> white, a white um, Nike t shirt on a Nike. It's just looking amazing. And I remember just seeing her and she was just standing there, just observing the room. Um, <laughs> and I remember introducing myself to you just because I was like, seen this lady let me go and say hi and you just observed us doing our planning session and everything and then it was your time to speak so we were all sat down around this huge round table pen and paper ready (laughs) and you introduced yourself and literally after about I think it was two minutes (laughs) you a stranger had all of us just completely opening up telling you our deepest, darkest fears, crying, I was, for sure. I didn't mean to do that, though, babe. I didn't mean to do that. And we just all opened up. And I know that you're a life coach, and I know that you're a mentor, but this was a room full of, I want to say, competitive men and women in all aspects of their 
lives and you just mm-hmm. reduced us down to <laughs> raw <laughs> open conversation. And I remember, you know, when we when we left the room, maybe maybe ninety minutes later, yeah, everyone was just a bit like, oh, well, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> so, so Michelle, how did you? And of course, I'm not going to divulge anything that anybody talked about, obviously. But how do you go into a, a room full of strangers mm-hmm. and do what you did? In the words of Joel, one of our trainers, he said when we were messaging a couple of days later, still, you know, <laughs> traumatized by the experience. <laughs> oh, bless him. He was like, he was like she roasted us, man. <laughs> and I was like, yes, she did. Um, so, so how do you do that well I think the the first thing that I have to say is that um I've been doing motivational speaking I've been doing motivational speaking for the last I'm going to say 20 years of my of my life and mm. I'm now I'm nearly 49 to be honest with you so I'm 49 in October yeah. and I've been doing mentoring and life coaching for the last nearly a decade really and I think the one thing that I if I'm talking about myself and one of the things that I say, I I write down my qualities is I'm authentic. And I think Mm. in order to model good behavior, you have to show that behavior. You know, so if you Mm. want people to be honest, you have to go into a room and be honest yourself. You can't pretend to be something that you're not. And I think that's probably the thing that I did. And I gave you guys the reassurance that, you know, today we've got to get deeper because if we're going to find out who we are as real people and not the superficial nonsense, we need to start looking deeper and delving deeper into who we are. And I think that's why, I, you know, the responses and, you know, hopefully I had an impact when you guys finished the 90 minutes with me that made you guys go back and look into yourselves. I've never forgotten that day, Michelle. Like, I still think I'm a little bit like... Oh, don't think... <laughs> you know, and, and it, is a, it is about that. So, you know, it's just that I, I want to have an everlasting effect on people so that they can then look into themselves, so they can make positive changes for their lives and continue mm. that process you know so mm. really and truly just you know it's just about me being authentic as a coach and as a as an as a woman as a female being honest and open yeah yeah and you were you came in and you were like this is me yeah you know and you said a few things we were all yeah. like whoa okay that's how we're working okay cool right yeah. honest and, open. <laughs> you know, and, you, and absolutely you did set the tone that's exactly in fact you know as you say exactly what you did that's exactly what happened you mm-hmm. said this is what I want from you all let me start with me yeah and then we were all like okay got it and I think for me the experience was you know looking deep into mm-hmm. elements of myself mm-hmm. that I would hold back mm-hmm. and why why that was mm-hmm. and so you know a lot of a lot of the stuff that I'm really you know I'm also obsessed with mindset and how we think of and how we can ourselves but you know for me it was the whole idea of the you know consequences of success yeah you know like yep. it's not always it's not always celebrated you know sometimes you lose people and and people may not know they may even you know not even know how they're responding or what they're saying they don't mean it but often it's a, your success is a mirror held up against themselves absolutely um, they're, they're relaying that you know so it was it was just yeah it was it was so good and we all got to know each other so much more as a team and yeah. it was really 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 good and i thank and i you, like that I thank that, you i think um you know that that whole authenticity piece it is so important oh my gosh there's too much fakeness around joss you know you you can only look at people's you know instagram feeds and social media feeds people that have got six hundred thousand people following them or three hundred thousand people following them or and you have to ask yourself great but how true are they really being you know and i I made a really beginning of um you know when i started to get a bit more brand work and everything else and i said to somebody if that company doesn't align with my values i'm not interested yeah I'm not interested because it's taken me over 25 years to become Mm. an Olympian my Mm. reputation matters and if that company doesn't align with my values I'm completely not bothered about being being joined with them and I think Mm. that's where we got we've got to be honest with ourselves because when you look yourself in the mirror who do you see yep so true so so true and it can't it, it can just get so lost oh my gosh 
and there's the, you become lost. Everything becomes blurred because actually you're not sure who you are. You're not mm. sure who you're trying to impress. Mm. You know, and that whole thing is why then people then, you know, start to have mental health issues because they're starting to believe their own hype about something that's not actually true. You know, mm. that expectation versus reality. And, and I, you know, I'm, I know I'm coming from a place where, you know, I've done therapy, Joss, you know, I've done two and a half years of therapy. You know, I, I've been there, done it. I've been in situations where, you know, haven't been great for me as, as an individual. Mm. And I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I've been with my husband for 18 years now, been married 15 years next week. And we've grown mm. and he's allowed me because he's been my champion, my supporter, you know, mm. to grow as an individual rather than this mm. fake, this fake nonsense. And that's such an important one to me, actually. And I, and I say this all the time because actually BJ and I, we celebrated our eight year anniversary um, just um, the other week and, and, and 16 years wow. together. And I was having a conversation with one of my, um, I know, it's amazing. And um, it's very dear to me, even though I'm sure I get on his nerves all the time. <laughs> I know I'll get on Matthews, that's for sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think I think for me, you know, one of the, you know, key, key things is that, yes, you know, we, we are both independent of one another. He allows Absolutely. me to grow. I allow, and it's not even an allowance thing. It, it's a, that's, that makes it sound like it's something else, but it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, encourages exactly. Encourages growth. Yeah. And that matters so, so much because, I, yeah, God, I don't even know what it would be like if, if, you know, I was, I was with someone who was yeah. just like, no, no, I don't think do that yeah you know absolutely (laughs) you know exactly that exactly you you want you want to be able to grow as well you know and and you don't you don't grow unless you're being honest yeah and so an olympian eh (laughs) and i remember when we were on when we were on one of our calls so so um during i say during lockdown like we're out of it yeah hello but (laughs) kind of Earlier on in lockdown, because we are now, where are we, in August, nearly September. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michelle and myself and a very, very close friend of ours, Nezrine, we ran um, a three-part series called We Talk. And I remember when you first introduced yourself, you just kind of said, yeah, no, I'm an Olympian. And we were both like, whoa, can you just, <laughs> can you just rewind and just say that a little bit louder and then we'd like a pause. Yeah. But you know what, just is. I guess it's more, the Olympian's very impressive in itself. You know, when anybody says an Olympian, it's very impressive. But it's more the journey that I look back and I think that's what, that's how my life's changed because of being an Olympian and mm. having the things that made me an Olympian, not the word an Olympian per se, you know. It's the journey. Sure. It's all in the journey. And I say it to everybody, mm. look at your journey. Look how you've travelled. Look where you've travelled from. You know, and I think that's the most impressive thing for everybody to look at. You know, you've yeah. got people that have been, come from, you know, deprivation and now they're really successful that for me is bigger than being an olympian it's looking at the journey look at the journey you know somebody gets a first class honors that was always getting expelled from school that's what's impressive you know and and it's about looking at the journey and so talk me through it talk me through the training talk me through because one of the things that i i feel and I, i feel like it's it's more and more now that we we always see like you know the shiny race at the end or event or yeah. whatever that kind of shining moment but actually the, the the journey there which is which is something that you've just you know touched upon isn't kind of filled with yays and highs and all the rest of it it's fairly no. oh my gosh and not that exciting and yeah. you know probably in and, and I'll ask you about um the word motivation in itself in a bit but I think that journey that you talk about so very I don't want to say not exciting that sounds that sounds not good but but you know it's just consistent it's you just got to kind of keep keep chipping away keep chipping away for that shining moment at the end which may or may not happen so just talk me through that process the reason why the reason why I mentioned the motivation piece was because we get asked all the time what keeps you motivated? What keeps yeah. you going? And I feel like there's such a such a huge amount of pressure on the word on the word itself to be motivated, like to to do something. You have to be motivated, and I don't, I kind of don't agree with it. Yes, sure, have that inspiration at the start to kick something off, 
but then it's just like then you just have to keep going even when it feels shit even when you don't feel like yeah all of those so tell me about the process itself and then I want you to tell me your feeling on motivation as well sure so you you have to think to yourself just you know 12 years old when I started track and field I came from a working class background from Wembley and did Mm -hmm. I have aspirations honestly to become an Olympian absolutely not but did I have aspirations to run or to jump absolutely yes and I think it was, the, and, and this is one of the things that I say about surround yourself with like-minded people. This is why I keep in touch with yourself and Nez, because I want to be around, you know, people that are on my page, you mm. know, that dream big like me, that have good visions mm. and that are good people. So really for yeah. me, being at the track was just surrounding myself with the most amazing people that didn't matter if they had money or no money, what colour they were, mm. what background they came from. But the one thing that we had was commonality was we had our mm. sport. Yeah, so some were 800 meter runners, some were long jumpers, some were steeplechasers. We just had sport. Yeah, and incidentally, yeah. that's where Dame Kelly Holmes first trained as well in Wembley. Okay. Yeah, from okay. the six ladies. But mm-hmm. as you kept going through the ranks, and you know, you're talking like 15, 17, 19, and different things happen along the journey, you start to think, actually, I would love to do this as a career one day. But of course, you're still thinking in the back of your mind, coming from a Caribbean background, a West Indian background. Your education is important. Your education mm. is important. So, of course, I had this, this little hint of a dream. I want to become mm. an Olympian now. Yeah, but not at 12 years old. You're talking like mm. 19, 20. I'm like, do you know what? If I kept going, maybe I could go to the Olympics one day. And that's when you then start to really believe it because you're getting success. But exactly <laughs> what you said, Joss, it doesn't come. You do see the, the, almost like the grand finale. At, when yeah. you're racing at the Olympic Games and you see people mm. coming away with their medals or making a semi-final or a final or making the qualification round and jumping through it. But actually people miss exactly what you said, that, that mundane routine, the pitfalls, mm. the days when I'm crying on the floor because I physically mm. cannot do anymore, the days where mm. I don't want to go to training because my body's hurting, the days that yeah. are coming after you snap your Achilles tendon and God rest his soul, my physio who just passed away during COVID, Neil Black would say to me, Michelle, you've got to get on the treadmill and walk. And I'm like, Neil, I can't. He's like, how much do you want it? Mm. How much do you want? And these are the things that people don't see. They don't see the backstory. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't see the back. They don't see the sacrifices that you have to make. Yeah. The the neglect of your friend, the neglect of a social life. And this is why I say it's only a handful of people that make it in anything at any level. And that's not just sport, you know. You're talking about musicians yeah. too. You know, yeah. the great Paul McCartney, the Lionel Richies. They don't just mm. rock up and just be up. It takes years of practice, practice, failures. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's mm. one of the things that we must really tell our listeners. When you fail, it's the best lesson you can learn. Yeah. Yeah. Because I failed several times. Yeah. I failed several times. But it yeah. is that repetitive, almost like, oh my gosh, another day, another dollar, another day, another dollar. And some mm-hmm. days, I've got to be honest with you, there was days when, when my coach says to me, right, you know, this Christmas, you can have Christmas Day off, but you're back on Boxing Day. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. And that was the same applicable for my husband, Matt, who played international rugby for Wales. You know, mm-hmm. he would say to me, you know what, I'd have one day off and then I'm, I'm back at it with the boys again. Because yeah. there's a bigger pitch. And that is, there's only, a, like I said, you can only do that for a certain amount of time, you know, before it gets too wearing and your body starts saying, you know what, it's had enough. Yeah. And that's it, isn't it? It's almost, and I do think that, and I agree with what you're saying there. So, you know, that was for you as an Olympian, but it also reflects the same, you know, level of commitment, I suppose, no matter, you know, whether it's in business, whether it's whatever. And so, you know, on the one hand, we're sort of, you know, told, oh God, you know, all of that kind of terminology like you know only the strongest will survive and we kind of some of that language is is discouraged but also that is the reality it's like you know you you had you had Christmas day that was it you didn't have uh, Christmas Eve to sit and chill and wrap presents or whatever you didn't have boxing day to eat the Christmas day leftovers like it was just you, you've got one day and you've one still day. got to be, you know, good within that day because Absolutely. the next day you're, you're, you're back to training. And so 
you know, I, I suppose it's like, you know, I guess the Gary V's of this world. And, and I actually, I, I quite like Gary V. I know that a lot of people are like, you know, oh my God, yeah. it's too much. But, yeah. but he's also like, yeah, like just what are you waiting for? You know, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's so true. And, and, you know, one of the things that you said was, you know, you were speaking of the sacrifices yeah. and, you know, fundamentally, that is that is the reality. That the if reality. you are going to excel in whatever field it is, there are going to be sacrifices, there are going to be failures. But if you take them for what they are, there, amen. They will move you forward. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and this is why, you know, when I do my talks, and I don't just do talks to to people in the sporting industry. You know, yes, I came and did that talk for you guys for Nike. Because of my dear friend Kerry, who I've mentored and spent a lot of time with over the years, because we're both in international yeah. sport and then went on to do mentoring together. This is yeah. in businesses. I go to businesses, I go to corporate companies, nothing to do mm. with anything to do with sport. I, I did an IT company last week. You know, mm. I'm doing a women's group mm. for the UN. All of these things, yeah, all amazing. the time, you know, yeah. it's about, tra- and all I've done is just transferred those, that skill set that I learned and the growth mindset that I learned from track and field and yeah. passing that on. Because yeah. all I'm doing is passing it, paying it forward. That's all I'm doing. And would you say then that, and this is this is a question that I've you know been asked a few times, are people sort of naturally made for success? Or is it a trained thing? What's what's been your experience of that? Are people naturally trained for success? I would say not that not naturally, not naturally trained for success, but like, you know, are are, are they kind of naturals at it like they're, they're born to do yeah it. there's some people that are born to do things and some people that wouldn't be the ones that you choose to do things and then come and surprise you because then it's about mm. life experiences that frame you yeah. you know and that make you say you know it's like a lights a light switch that goes on you say no I can do this mm. no what I've always said is everybody has their niche it's mm. how much are they prepared to do to get to the next level yeah yeah and because yeah. I'm going to use a, a friend of mine and, and she won't mind me saying it, but I've got a friend of mine called Connie Henry, who's gone on mm. to do some most amazing things with um, young people in Brent, you know, getting the young kids okay. off the street. And she's formed a track amazing. academy. It's about, ten, it's about 10 years old now. In fact, I had a yeah. really good, you must check it out on um, ITV. She helped a lot of youngsters yeah, well. from the, around the area of Brent get into track and field okay. and get, give them a real positive start, you know. And she's done it with the backing of Seb Coe and Daley Thompson. She's done amazing. But Connie was okay. a triple jumper. And I would okay. have said Connie was about a 12-meter, 80, 13-meter triple jumper. In right. about 18 months, Connie changed. She went to Australia. She was the leanest I've ever seen her in my life. She did the training. Connie came out and jumped close to 14 meters. And back wow. then, 14 meters was like, wow. Yeah. Even now, there's only about three or four British girls that have ever jumped 14 meters, myself being one of them. And Connie jumped just under 14 metres and, and got an Olympic bronze, uh, a Commonwealth bronze medal. And I can honestly say it's because a light switch went on in Connie's head and she started mm. to believe herself. Because mm. she didn't have the natural raw talent to do it. Right. But she pushed herself to the limit. Wow. And everything Connie does, she's taken those, that self, same transferable skills. She's taken all mm. that skills now to open up the track academy 10 years ago and who would have guessed that connie little girl from northwest london would turn around and be running a business that is exceptionally successful yeah and so those skills have just transferred transferred across into the absolutely absolutely and that's what we're saying it's not just it's not limited at all to just sport what i've learned in my Mm. track and field career has helped me in my everyday life and we'll come on to that in just in just one second. But what are your feelings around this idea of of motivation? And how do you feel about it when people say, oh, how do you keep motivated? How do you keep going? I have different um, opinions on that. So one of the things that I used to often hear is, especially at the school gate, funny enough, I heard it a lot more when I've had since I've had children. Oh, I see they mm. see me in my tracksuit or my leggings or my sporting stuff and say, Oh, you're so motivated to keep going to the gym. I'm like, really? Okay. So I've just ignored it because I'm just like, okay, one of them backdoor comments. Okay. Well, I don't know what they're trying to get at, but whatever. Whatever. You know, you brush it aside. I'm just lolling to myself because obviously I'm Hello. in the school drop-offs. Hello, babe. Hello. 
and no effort made. I just rock up there with my little afro, drop the kids off, and boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm in and out, in and out. And then when they see me when I've gone out, they're like, "Oh my god, wow, you've had a makeover." No, I've just put clothes on for a change. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. where are you off to? I'm just not in my pee. Yeah, I'm just hello. I'm just not in my pee kit. So in terms of motivation. How do you stay motivated? I think the easiest way for me to say, and this is me coming from a coach, putting my coach hat on. How mm. do I stay motivated? I stay motivated because I change my vision posts. I change my vision posts and they change throughout the year. I set myself targets. I set myself goals. I also have a life coach that I check in with. Um, I also amazing. have a, an amazing set of women around me. I also have mm-hmm. a husband that makes me accountable. And we discuss mm-hmm. what is realistic. So for my husband, come September, which is next couple of weeks, he's starting his PhD. Mm. And that's something that Matthew's wanted to do for years and years and years. And this yeah. year, why this year? He just made that decision. He's on a trajectory, he's on a pathway. His trajectory yeah. is now, I want to become a headmaster. I want wow. to become a deputy head next. He's a head of a boarding school now. And then I want yeah. to become a headmaster. So your motivation is comes from what you want from yourself and let's Mm. bring that down not everybody wants to become a headmaster not everyone wants to do a phd but that could be your motivation might be you know what i want to start feeling good about myself so i'm going to start with doing two sessions a week where i go around the block for a 20 minute walk twice a week Mm. that might be your motivation and that's what your motivation might be and that's why i'm saying to you you know motivation comes in different in a myriad of ways in a myriad mm. of ways. Mm. And yeah. it's about what keeps you motivated is by your goal. Mm. Sometimes mm. you can come de- demotivated. And I've seen it a lot of my clients. You can sometimes become demotivated because your goal isn't realistic enough for what you mm. want. So I can't turn around mm. and say, I want to become an astrophysicist like we discussed earlier on, Joss. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have the background for that. But I also yeah. know that for me, what keeps me motivated is I want to be in Women's Health magazine as a columnist. And yeah. I'm going to keep going because if they don't have yeah. me, somebody else will have me. Yeah. But it's about yeah. knowing and feeling that within yourself. That's it, isn't it? It's the, it's the feeling. Belief. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Joss. Absolutely. Yeah. I could bounce the question back to you. When you first started yeah. off on, on, your, on your mentorship program, you, probably, you never yeah. probably envisaged it would be as big as it was. You know? Yeah, so true. Belief. Yeah. And that's it. It's it's feeling it, isn't it? Because, and, and, you know, a lot of the work that I do with all of the, you know, the women on the mentorship is like the whole, that, that first module is is mindset. And it's not the mindset of their clients. We talk a little bit about that, but it's their belief in what they Absolute. can do. Yep. And, and what, they're, what they're, yeah. 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 It's their and that, well, that's beliefs. it. Yeah, it's their limited belief. It's not even their exactly. It's not even their belief. We don't even start with their beliefs because they're suffocated by their hello their limiting beliefs. Absolutely. And you know, one of the girls, her goal was to feel worthy of her clients okay. um, who she trains. Like she wanted to feel feel worthy of them as clients and I remember having a conversation with her and this was just over email and I was just a little bit like my darling I don't think that's a goal (laughs) and I was just like knowing Mm -hmm. what you do Mm -hmm. and how passionate you feel about your work Mm -hmm. if you lean into that that is just going to happen anyway so we reframe the whole thing so that she her main goal was not to feel worthy of her bloody clients and now she is flight like I'm not even kidding you what she has done in what was a short period of time was nothing short of amazing and see and seeing that seeing that transformation yeah was incredible and and I just see it all the time and you know just it's one of those things where you know I all and I and I speak about this that you know, ever since I was, you know, very young, I was often told I couldn't do things. And one one of the things that that, that we spoke about just recently, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. can t- I can tell people about the photo you just made me, made oh me send God. you. So I mean, everyone, unbelievable. You, <laughs> you may or you may not know 
And actually, I must blame my lovely friend, Laura Faulkner, for me first coming out about this on a podcast that we recorded. It would have been probably about a year and a half or two years ago now. And she was incredibly open about lots of things. That caused me to open up much the same, Michelle, as when we met you that first time. You were like, (laughs) this is me. I'm laying it out on the table. We're all like, oh, shit. Okay, here we go. And so it's the same thing with, with, with Laura and she was talking about her OCD and, yeah. um, and then we, it was just like this long, long, great, enjoyable podcast. I loved listening to it and BJ and I listened to it once in the car um, and yeah. when we were driving somewhere, I think we were driving to France or Spain or something and he was like, no, that was really good. <laughs> so I always feel great when he says it's good. Um, but anyway, so very, very long story short. So listeners, if you don't know this, I'm missing my big toe on my left foot. I mean, uh, unbelievable. A wall, a wall- <laughs> A wall fell on it when I was seven, and uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to save it, and so it had to be amputated. Um, and I spent two months in hospital and had nine operations because it was in 1985, and obviously, the medical advances that exist now did not exist then. And um, so, I was telling Michelle this before we recorded this podcast this evening. Her jaw dropped on the floor, and then she made me send her a photo of my foot. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm like, is this girl shitting me or what? I want to see the evidence. <laughs> I needed to see the proof. How does that? This girl's done everything she's done despite missing her big toe. Now, hello, guys. I had an infection in my big toe, my big toe joint. So I was getting ready for the Commonwealth Games in 1998, and I, I woke up one morning and I couldn't move my big toe. So I went to, I rang my physio, and God rest his soul, Neil Black passed away just re- in COVID. And um, he said to me, I said, Neil, I can't walk now. They call me a drama queen. He's like, Michelle, what do you mean you can't walk? I said, Neil, honestly, I can't walk. So he said, all right, get someone to drive you down to me. So I drove down to Crawley to see him. He looked at my foot and he said, oh, okay. I said, see, Neil, you, you trust me now? And um, mm. he said to me, right, let's go and take you to somebody. They got me booked in to see somebody in Harley Street. They drew off two and a half centimetres of pus from my big toe with a needle. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it was, an inf- it was sepsis in my, in my joint. It was sepsis oh, in my wow. joint. Yeah. Wow. Just out of the blue. Nobody knows why. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody knows why. And I'm telling you now, I struck, they had to do surgery on it. I struggled to start walking again, running again, triple jumping again. So how mm. the hell you've achieved what you've <laughs> achieved in your life. And I mean, <laughs> listeners, I'm serious. You need to see the picture of the toe. And the lack of toe. I'm like, Joss, listen, babe. Just you got up in my estimation even more, babe. <laughs> so anyway, that's oh the big, dear. big toe saga. That's the big toe saga. So anyway, my point, I can't remember, why was I even talking about my big toe? I was talking about my big toe, yeah, because I was saying that I'd been, been told open. by people, you know, that can do things. So, so when I lost my big toe, which let's say this was six weeks or four weeks into my eight-week hospital stint, and the surgeon sat me on his knee and he said, look, you know, we've had to take your big toe. I was traumatized because they had thrown it in the bin. I was like, could you? Oh, my God. It? I know. Bless. <laughs> Obviously, bless. they couldn't keep it. But my 70-year-old brain was just like, what do you mean? You just took it and you threw it in the bin. But he said, look, you'll never be able to dance again. So I did Irish dancing at the time. But I remember just thinking, you know, sitting there and thinking, well, but I really want to. And so I'm going to see if I can. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter that he was a surgeon and it didn't matter, you know, that he was this like older person telling me a young child. No, I was just in my head. I was like, well, and, and I also think that, you know, maybe it was because, you know, because of my age, because I was, you know, just seven, you know, and you're still kind of on that kind of cusp where you don't fully lose that kind mm-hmm. of child imagination. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess in my head, I was like, well, I can do anything I want, you know, so I still had that, you know, like, well, this the world is my oyster kind of view mm. of the world, you know, as, as, as children do with their imagination and so on. So that's been the thing that's always made me go, you know, well, I'm just going to see. And so I've kind of taken that with me. And so but it surprises me so much when I see, you know, adults not believing in themselves or it doesn't surprise me. That's a ridiculous thing to say because I know that there's so much that goes oh my into, gosh, so many. into oh my mindset, gosh. but, and it's, and it's such a process and it's, 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 it's 
so draining to to work through it you know all the time that sounds a bit too negative it's not so draining all the time but it's work to work through of course, it, right of course and uh, and it, and it's never ending work um but but to see i guess yeah some of the yeah just just that kind of lack of self belief or that it's lack that of limiting confidence belief. limiting belief like i said and i see it all the time you know in coaching i see it all the time we we you know people come to me and say you know I want to do X. And I say, what's stopping you? And then yeah. I say, well, tell me about a time when you've done something that, you know, was challenging for yourself. And then all of a mm. sudden the aha moments come when they start thinking, actually, yeah, I have done this. And, and one of the key things, which I, you know, I would say to our listeners here, anytime you have a, a limiting belief about something that you're doing or, or want to do, probably look into yourself a little bit more, look mm. into yourself a little bit more, you know, and mm. write down when you have achieved something in the past. Yeah, write mm. it down when you have achieved something because I think sometimes we forget, like I said before, how far we've actually travelled. Yeah, and that mm. could be in anything. You know, the first time when you when you walk into a room and you don't know anybody, how did you get mm. over that? You know, what did you do mm. then? Why can you not, mm. you know, almost use that same thing then and implement that into something else in your life? So it's about yeah. actually knowing that you have got the bank of wealth of knowledge, but it's just knowing mm. when to draw it out. And one of the first mm. things I do with my clients when I'm coaching them, in fact, the third session I do with them, when I get to trying to get to know them more, is I make them write down the, what's their qualities and their strengths. Yeah. Because, and that's quite hard for a lot of people to do. And, you know, I mm. urge listeners to say, you write down, you, you, when someone says to you, what's your qualities and your strengths? Uh, people, uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. What are your qualities and your strengths? And really believe mm. it. And I think mm. that when you start to draw it out of people, draw it out of people, and when you get to know them more, you then say, well, hold on a minute. You just told me that you, you, you run a big fitness industry. So how come you can't do that? Yeah. When you can yeah. do that. And they're like, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So it is. You'll be surprised. And, you know, I, I see this all the time. Mindset. Mindset yeah. is what took me to become one of the best triple jumpers in the world in my time. Yeah. So, so important. And um, it's funny you talking about, you know, people listing their own qualities and strengths, incredibly difficult for people to do. And I have a a story and actually I I now use this with a lot of people that I work with. And it's, I, it was, it was on a Nike trip, maybe about four years ago. Um, And we were in Amsterdam and I was um, taking a lot of our European trainers through um, various different educational pieces. Um, And we were on a a, like a a riverboat for like our our evening dinner or whatever. And I was sat down at the table with maybe about six of the other female Nike um, trainers. And um, one of the girls, Nelly, who is just an absolute spark of energy and light. um, She said, "Okay, I've got I've got a game. And she said, you know, name three things that you like about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, sweet <clears throat> Jesus. <What?" laughs> like, and I was the last one, you know, and, uh, and everyone went around and it was so hard mm. to mm. do. And I think even though I was the last one, it still took me, I don't even know how long to get the mm-hmm. words out, mm-hmm. but I found that incredibly Mm-hmm. powerful because I was just like why can't I say three mm-hmm. things I like about myself and again so that's now, that's now one of the exercises on the on the mentorship where it's kind mm-hmm. of like or I use it at the women in fitness summit and you know I'll, I'll tell that story because often I, I'll I'll talk a lot about kind of you know how you communicate with yourself and how you find your voice oh it's huge stuff. absolutely huge yeah. communicating with yourself is, is one of the biggest things that I feel yeah. it's not even spoken about enough so, and if no. I was to reverse that question, tell me things you don't mm. like about yourself. People would list loads. Oh, they'd be like, like wait, let me get out my notepad. I've already uh, written okay. it down. Do you know what Hello. I mean? Like, like, some of the paper. Yeah, exactly. See? Exactly. And so, and so now that's something that, that I use. And no matter where I am, if I'm doing, I mean, I did a talk with uh, women in construction, which is completely not my, yeah. you know, yeah. audience, you know, I'm usually, I usually speak to the coaches and whatnot, but it, it was women in, in construction basically. And um, so it was that same conversation, right? It was 
how we speak to ourselves, how we communicate about what we do, how we work, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I did the whole, you know, I told the whole story about three things, you know, you like about yourself, whatever. And I was just like, right now, I want you to think about three things you like about yourself. And they're all like, kind of cool. And I was like, right now, turn to the person next to you and tell them they're all like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> it's just because thinking it. And then having to say it out loud. And again, as you say, that's just three things you'd like, let alone then going deeper, as you said, in your third session, where you're talking about then what what are your qualities and what are your strengths. And it's so easy to focus on the negative or even after you say something positive, the negative to flip in straight away with, oh, what about this? Absolutely. You know? And that's when people can't take compliments as well, which you notice. Oh, you might say, oh, I love your hair. Oh, yeah, but. I didn't, mm. my jacket's not great, is it? Instead mm. of just accepting, mm. a simple I like your hair. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. And do you know what? That's one of the things I'm so, so proud of, of, of Bjorn for. You know, if I say, oh, I like your whatever, he'll say thank you. And I'm just oh. like, oh. And he just, he just receives it as a compliment. And I'm Love like, behavior. you're fine. I love you. <laughs> you know? Um, love behaviour, baby so delicious and so obviously you know you talk about all of the skills that you learn you know as a an athlete as a professional athlete are you know what you apply to your life now so obviously you do a multitude of things what are the main bits that you've taken from Michelle the professional athlete to now I would say my focus really the skills that I've transferred over it's probably an easier way to put it would be mm-hmm. determined. I'm a determined individual. Yeah. I know myself. I know that I like a strong network of people around me. So any situation I go in, I make sure I've got, a, I feel supported with whatever I'm doing. I also know that you need resilience. And so that's one of the key things that I know mm-hmm. I need. You need to be able to dig deep because life is mm-hmm. not easy. Let's not pretend mm-hmm. life is easy, guys. It ain't. Yeah. 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 So that dig deep, that resilience that you needed when I was on the track, when I was coming back from injury, I passed it over, bring it over to the real world. I also know that being kind, being kind to people, I'm often looking out for how I can help others. And that's Mm. from my mother. And that's from what my grandmother taught my mother. It's about Mm. paying it forward. And I often say, I say to my daughters and, you know, my son's only six, but I say to my daughters who are a lot older than him. Guys, wherever you can be kind to somebody, be kind. Because today for mm. you, tomorrow for them. And that's something mm. that I learned from track and field as well. One minute you're at the top, next minute you're yeah. dropped. No sponsorship. Yeah? yeah. So it's about being true to yourself, being kind, being resilient, and being determined. And I think yeah. these are the things that I've taken on, and which is why I feel like I've achieved so much since I've retired. Mm. You know, of course, Mm -hmm. I I went into the best club in the world, which was motherhood, whilst I was still Mm -hmm. competing. You know, I had my daughter Reese Mm -hmm. just before the 2004 Athens Olympic Games, and I retired in Mm -hmm. 2006. And -hmm. yet again, that was from having a strong team around me. My husband, Matt, who is my biggest supporter, which I've mentioned before, having my parents around me, having a group of core female friends that were honest about me. And I Mm -hmm. often talk about my friend Marcia you know, who would turn and hold me accountable. Mish, you said you were going to do X. It's about having that accountability. The same as what I had with my coach, my physio, my psychologist, when I was having doing track and field, I've now got that yeah. another set of people that hold me accountable mm. and actually make you keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. Keep your feet firmly on the ground because nobody, and I mean nobody, is better than the other person. And I think that's a really... And, you know, that really is something that you took with you, because as you say, when you were competing, you had all of those people around you to support you so that you could be the Absolutely. best that you could be. Yeah. So you recognize that so within your your life now, whereas I think that a lot of people don't necessarily understand that the importance of that support around yeah. them and the difference that that can make. Yeah you know, having people in your life, you know, who do lots of different things uh, in in terms of your support. So so a, a recent thing for me, and I think I've mentioned this on a couple of podcasts was, um, as you know, my dad passed away a couple of months ago. And 
you know, driving back from his house, we were driving his car back. So it was the first time that BJ and I had been to his house since he had died. And we were taking the car back to London um, to park it in uh, London um, because he was in Coventry. And I called my friend. I had a friend, a specific friend. And I said, I didn't call her. I think I messaged her because at that stage I was very much kind of not speaking to a huge amount of people. It was easy communicate via you know text or whatever and I just said to her you know what are you doing tomorrow between this time and this time I think I said I can't remember whether I said it all in one go but I was just like you know between these hours I may be driving back you know from my dad's and I don't know how I'm going to be if I need you please can I call you and she said you know she had plans but she said I'm going to be available from this time to this time. Yeah. You call me if you need me. And she also had the grace not to call if yeah. I didn't call. Her. And I knew she was the person who was going to get me home safely and oh. talk me through whatever I needed to talk about until I got home safely because BJ was obviously in my dad's car um, yeah. driving that car. And I didn't call her because I was okay. What I ended up doing is I actually called my brother and I called my sisters and I, and I, and I spoke to them about, you know, what it was like and duh, yeah. Duh, duh, yeah. being in the yeah. house. Yeah. And she didn't message me that night. She was just, and to me, that was like, I had that person to call on for that thing. Yep. And, you know, knowing that there's different people, like there's a, there's a few things you know, coming up for me at the moment in terms of a few decisions that I have to make. I know exactly who I'm going to call yep. to talk through those things. Yep. And that is just, it's funny. I, I spoke with, um, you know, my friend, uh, Corey, we, we recorded a podcast actually a, a while back, um, just a couple of months back probably. Yep. And he said to me, you know, Joss, have you never had, you know, any real mentors? Or And I was kind of like, mm, I mean, I can't say that, I can't really say that I I have. And then it kind of came to light that actually I did because I had forgotten that I've got this person for this and this person. There you go. There you go. Huge mentor and always has been to me. And he's always my sense check. And he's always my, you know, am I, you know, this is, what about this? What do you think of this? Like my, my, yeah. you know, am I right and thinking about that or da, da, da. and he's just my, like my kind of go to yeah, what am I love thinking? That. Love that. And just kind of, Corey was just like, I can't believe you, you don't have, and I was like, actually, no, I do. And then, I, and then it really brought to light how, how much I value them. And, you know, just, just knowing that there are people that you can talk to Absolutely. if you are able to make, not make decisions for yourself, but no. d- that you just like to bounce you know across what? you know to bounce across you know definitely definitely and I think we all need that we all need that person right yeah like we've been on calls where I've been like Michelle like I'm not sure about this and I, can't, I now can't remember what it was and I do remember yeah. what it was now yeah but, I do um, yeah. like, what about this what about that and then it was it's just good isn't it it's just good to talk it out and, absolutely and you know, bounce those ideas off people absolutely I think it's crucial especially in today's society so my darling what is next for you yeah so what's next for me so like I said to you I'm based in North Devon now and I've been here two years and I feel very very settled here you know I I really struggled before with my mother living in London and my father living in London and I'm exceptionally close to my to my parents and especially my mum my mum is my little lifeline you know my best friend everything's about my mum and she's recovering from cancer so I I toyed with the idea of you know what maybe Matt is too far because we're in North Devon We've got the most yeah. beautiful beaches, but we are four and a half hours away from London. So, it, you know, is that pool, you know, and I feel like we're the sandwich generation as well, where we've got younger kids, we're in the middle, and then we've got our aging parents, you know. So, um, mm. which you know firsthand, Joss, you know, how difficult it is, you know, with them aging and, and getting sick and then obviously passing away. It's very, very mm. tough. And it's tough on you as an individual as well. So mm. for me, I've might kind of made a decision now that we're staying here. We're going to stay in North Devon for the next few years. And yeah. um, I've joined forces with about four health and lifestyle professionals, a doctor, a physio, osteopath, and myself Fantastic. as a life coach and Olympian. And I've, we've worked and it's work in progress and it's nearly there. We formed a company called Vitalize Health. So um, Vitalize Health, yeah, I know. Yeah. Vitalize Health is going to be kicking butt. It's going to be, we're going yeah, to be doing stuff on, online. And then we're based at Saunton Sands Hotel as well, which is the most okay. delicious hotel, which people must look it up. And yeah. um, I think okay. we're going to start having our weekend aways. We don't want the word retreat because retreat just okay. means you come and have a feel good factor, then you go. 
we're going to be doing like we're going to be spending time with you as individuals yeah getting yourself to be better people all round so we're going to be mm-hmm. looking at health and lifestyle um and I'm with these fitness professionals and one of the women there Lucy Dr Lucy Miller she absolutely lights my world she's one of the best people I have around me wow I love her enthusiasm her zest for life she's a former water polo champion for GB juniors as well and wow. she just she's on the same page as me Lucy's mm-hmm. white I'm black we're the same we just got the zest for life and she mm-hmm. I, I literally I live off her she's so good she's so good yeah so Amazing. I think that is next for me down here for Vitalized Health. My brand is obviously growing bigger and bigger. And, you yeah. know, it's not about having the biggest. Being everywhere, excuse me. I know, babe. But I'm doing my thing. You know, what do yeah. I, you know, I'm yeah, doing my thing, Joss. I'm doing my thing, babe. And, you know, I'm an ambassador for Diabetes UK. So I want to almost highlight and raise awareness as well. Continue to raise awareness for Diabetes UK amongst the black community. Because um, mm-hmm. I think it's Great. important because this is diabetes type two is prevalent in our community, black, Asian, yeah. and minority ethnic. It's much yeah. higher than anything else. So if yeah. I, I'm doing a thing in in October about miles, you know, really helping people to to clock up the miles and paying attention with that. Also, as well, I want to um I want to be a columnist. You know, I I spoke spoke to you about this before, Joss. I want to yeah. be a columnist in a magazine, a lifestyle magazine, almost like um dear Deirdre, but call me dear Michelle. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I want for me. And and ultimately, I want to give back and do better and help other young black girls out there to recognize their dreams and potential. I want to be somebody that they can look up to and say, okay, she achieved. She came from a working class background, from a little girl from Wembley who dared to dream. I ended up being an Olympian and um, just keep progressing, keep doing my best and ultimately keep being a good person because that's what life is about. That's my legacy. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh, it's always just such a dream to speak with you, my love. Oh, thank you. Um, and I don't even know when I'm going to see you, hun. I mean. As soon as I'm back in London, um, when I yeah. visit my mama, I will see you then. We'll make, make yeah. sure we meet up in between school time so that the kids are at school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those Hell freedom yeah. days. Like I don't have work to catch up on. Hello, baby. You're, you're, you're as busy as a bee. But Joss, thank you so much for having me on. It's been fantastic. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And 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 I must thank you for outing and you encouraging a, a picture of my no toe. I mean, uh, hello, hello, babe. I'm telling you, that's that might go viral, baby. I'm oh. telling you. <laughs> well, my darling, thank you so much. And where can people find you? Sure. On the gram, the gram and stuff. So I'm at Michelle Griffith Robinson, O-L-Y, www.michellegriffithrobinsonoly.co.uk is my website. I'm at Michelle Great. Griffith Robinson on Instagram. I'm at Robinson yeah. O-L-Y. O-L-Y, by the way, guys, is my three letters that I was given from being an Olympian. So we got given these Love about it. two, three years ago. So um, oh, I'm, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's official. We get O-L-Y behind our name, which oh, is great. I love Okay, cool. So yeah, so I'm really pleased with that. So, and basically, guys, if you want to find me, you'll find me. But um, I'd love to connect with others. I love to collaborate with other people. But most importantly, I just want you guys to take away from today and just know you can be anything if you put your mind to it. Yeah.